Pastor Paul, is there something about us that every time we are in worship, David and Erica leave town? <laughs> Welcome to all of you, and for those of you that are watching on FaceTime, Facebook and YouTube. It's my joy to be asked to fill the pulpit today. Several years ago, I had a friend visiting that I had not seen for some time. And as they were about to leave, I said to her, where are you attending church these days? And she responded, I stopped going to church because all they did was ask for money. <laughs> Welcome to Stewardship Sunday. That great theologian George Burns said, the secret of a good sermon is to have a good beginning, a good closing, and to have the two as close together as possible. <laughs> You've heard the first reading. I will now give you the second. This is somewhat an unusual type of sermon. And I give you permission today to say amen hallelujah, to clap, or whatever you want to do, but no booze and no one walking out. B-O-O-S is what I was speaking of. The first text I'm reading from is from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. They, the new believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent their time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Let us pray. Almighty God, open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us this morning. I ask that the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts will be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. In John 14, Jesus tells his disciples that he must return to heaven to prepare a place for believers. Sensing their apprehension like, what do we do now? Or where do we go now? He promises to send them a helper, the Holy Spirit, his internal presence that will be with them forever and never leave them. Jesus tells the disciples then in the book of Acts, wait 
one of the hardest things of the world to do. Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Then he tells them, promises them, when the Holy Spirit comes, that you will be filled with power, be his witnesses, first in Jerusalem at home, Judea, the surrounding area, and Samaria where others might be more reluctant to go, and then on to the entire world. But this would be impossible without the Holy Spirit. Jesus then ascends to heaven, and his disciples waited. They prayed for the promise and the power of Jesus that would come. And then we come to chapter 2 in the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost arrived, everything changed, and the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus' disciples. Remember that sermon by Peter. Peter, Peter, who had denied his Lord just a few weeks before, three times in a few weeks, and he gets up and he preaches, and he's filled with power, and 3,000 people respond. Paul, I was wondering what it would be like if David went down to the square here, the park in Las Gatos, and preached the sermon, and 3,000 people responded. Roger, what would we do with them all? But that was what happened. Jesus' followers received the promise and the power that was promised. And the early church, as I read for you, got the message. The early church responded to the message. All right, you say to me, well, Jack, what does this say to us today? We've heard this passage from Matthew 28 twice so far today. All authority, Jesus tells his disciples, has been given to me. Therefore, because you have this authority, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. You notice it's not a suggestion. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. And remember, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Praise God for that, huh? Thank you. Jesus proclaims his authority. Then he mandates for his disciples, number one, go. Go. Secondly, make disciples, not just converts, but make disciples of all nations, then baptizing them, and then teach them to obey all that Jesus told them. And then he promises them, I will be with them. This is a mandate by Jesus to all believers, not just a select few. We have yet to fulfill Jesus' commission. We are called to be believers with a worldview, not a narrow view. So let's apply this and see what this says to us in Stewardship Sunday. Last spring, Pastor Dave Waterbuller spent the Sundays between Easter and Pentecost preaching a series entitled On the Road to Pentecost. Sounds like a good song for somebody. He introduced the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us 
with a, in a new and refreshing way as Pastor Dave is so apt to do. I know Pastor Dave well. He is a man with a worldview. He sees beyond the walls of this church. He sees beyond the boundaries of Los Gatos. He sees beyond the Bay Area. He sees the world. Pastor Dave is committed to the fulfillment of the mandate, and so are members of the staff and many in this congregation. Please, please listen to me. All people, you, all people who profess Jesus Christ as their Savior, who declare him as Lord, are indwelt with the same Holy Spirit that Jesus promised his disciples. Jesus Christ is alive and well on planet Earth and in every believer here this morning. Where's Jesus? He's in you. He promised, go make disciples, and I will be with you always. Book of Colossians says, Christ in you. In you. The commission to go and make disciples has not been overlooked by this congregation. You know, I was thinking about this. For, for me to preach on stewardship is almost a sermon of applause to this congregation for we see Jesus' commission as a mandate. Let me share some things with you this morning. In our Jerusalem, where Jesus said you were witness, in our Jerusalem, we gave over $27,000 to organizations like Martha's Kitchen, Front Door Communities, Housing Support for Refugee Families, to Emmanuel House. Our Judea, we gave money to Westminster Woods, and in, during the Christmas season, we will give $8,500. Oh, I get so excited, I want to jump in down and say hallelujah, but I'm a Presbyterian. <laughs> $8,500 in gifts cards to the homeless that will be distributed during the Christmas season. Our Samaria ministry throughout the United States in Mexico, 12000 to ministries in Mexico, plus two weeks of work weeks going in February and in June with our youth and all church. Our ends of the earth are exactly that, to the far reaches of the globe, to the Presbyterian Church World Mission, over $12,000. The, the disaster fund, World Mission, World Mission, we're giving to mission, believe this or not, we're giving to a mission inside North Korea. A mission that most people don't know about because they can't. And no names can be given. But we're giving mission, mission dollars to, an in, to a couple inside North Korea, to Albania, to South Sudan, to Uganda, to Lebanon, to Pakistan. $79,000. Gabriel, are you here? Are you here? Would you stand, Gabriel? In the back. Gabriel School, applaud him for what he's doing. <laughs> Don't tell David we clapped in church. We're giving money to them, and not just money, so he can build schools, so he can educate young people. That's where we're going in the far world. Thank you. <laughs> Paul, this place 
you know. This is the last time I get invited to preach. We gave money to flood victims. And dear Mary, dear Mary Akito, gave over $6,000 to her Awa Foundation in Uganda. We recently sent her sewing machines and piglets. Mary, stand up. Amen. Praise God for what she's doing. And you're, you're behind that work. You're behind that work, and you should applaud yourselves. As I said, when I get up to preach on stewardship, it should be a, a, a time of applauding and saying, thank you, God bless you. PCLG takes seriously Jesus' commission, and our beloved pastor is our guide and our leader in this endeavor. I know that David Watermuller's heart breaks with the things that break the heart of God. How about you? That briefly is an outline of some, not all, the mission dollars out of our $1.4 million budget. Actually, isn't almost all we do mission? I think so. Recently, that's the amazing of this church, over $100,000 came in in one day just for Presbyterian World Mission. I ask you a question this morning. Do we care and are we committed to doing our part to fulfill the commission and the mandate and demonstrating how we are putting the power given to us by the Holy Spirit, not just in words? Are we? Are we? Well, a few think so. Wait, there's more to come. Give thanks for what we've accomplished in the past year. It's amazing. Applaud yourselves, but we must not stop here. We need a fresh vision for the coming year. I had the pleasure of knowing Dr. Bob Pierce, who was the first president and founder of World Vision way back in 1950. He chose as his verse for this organization from the book of Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. I wonder if Dr. Bob were alive today, he'd believe how world vision has expanded so, and so can our mission keep expanding. I challenge the session of this church, the leadership of PCLG to reframe our mindset and challenge this congregation to new visions. Jesus called us, you and me, to have a vision that includes all the world. I can't, we can't stop now. We must double, we must triple our efforts as the Holy Spirit leads. Everything we do must be centered around that goal, our mandate to reach a world and have a world vision. We have an awesome staff, absolutely awesome staff. I'm so impressed with the team that Pastor Dave has assembled to minister together with the goal of doing our part to meet Christ's mandate and commission. I'm overwhelmed to have been asked to serve with these whom God has called. We have our growing footprints ministry led by Aaron Heath. It has mission, mission to children and families in our community. We have our children and youth ministry that is second to none 
headed up by Steve Fainter. It's awesome. Steve deserves a gold medal for working with middle school, high school, college, university students for over 20 years while still maintaining his sanity. <laughs> the latter part might be questioned by some. Our pastoral staff, maybe with the exception of this old guy, is amazing. It has a burden for doing the work of God. Pastor Jabe chose the right person when he chose Erica Rader to serve as our associate. She's awesome. Our music staff, Michael Taylor, is the very best in our bells. Thank God for them. But there's one staff member, I hope Reed will hear me now. There's one staff member who deserves that we triple his salary for all he does. When everything goes smoothly, no one says a thing. However, let a mic go dead. May the slide not be shown. May they keep it on one rather than move it beyond. Where's Carlo? <laughs> Dear friends, we cannot function without Carlo. Stand up, Carlo. Acknowledge him today, will you? Our entire staff is amazing. I'm sure you agree with me. I asked the staff and some in leadership positions and the Wednesday Bible study to submit their vision for PCLG funds if they were available. Here's just a few of those visionary things they've given to us, and I hope that many of these will come to pass. To a double and expand our mission giving. To encourage every member to give their tithe, 10% of their income to the ministry and the outreach of PCLG. And I encourage those of you who are already tithing to increase your giving to reach a world for Jesus. What a great investment. Third, to provide more opportunities to for members to become personally involved in mission firsthand. Fourth, consider an overseas work week. Fifth, I love this one. It came from the Wednesday Bible study. To get involved in refugee ministry for children orphaned and displaced because of wars in Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, and Sudan. Dr. Bob Pierce began World Vision because of orphaned children in Korea. The church needs to get involved with these children and do something. Thank you for that. Number six, underwrite support and organize a 175-mile, two-week pilgrimage to Portugal to Spain, led by Steve Feiner, while learning different ways of prayer. To renovate and soundproof our children's wing. To employ a social worker, parish nurse, to help navigate social services and health care issues, especially for elderly and new immigrants, to provide housing for our church directors and administrators, to begin an alpha program to teach members how to share their faith in a non-threatening manner. Thank you. To have an all-church weekend retreat, an all-church weekend retreat with one purpose, one goal, to propose challenging new visions for PCLG. 
What is God calling our church to do? We need to face that question and come up with answers, and we need everyone's input to that. To install a hearing loop system to accommodate our members with hearing problems. Many other ideas were passed along to me. I'd be glad to share them with the leadership, but I'll probably just save them for next year's stewardship sermon. <laughs> I'd like to close by sharing with you what I received from our magnificent music director, Michael Taylor. He wrote this, and I asked him permission if I could share it. What I'd like to communicate is gratitude for the ongoing support of our thriving and inspirational music program. The gifts of the past have made us what we are and continue to be a reflection of how every person's donation brings life, not just to music and worship, but to the faith, family, fellowship, and community philanthropy throughout our mission projects. I believe there's a bond of faith that the church community for peace, that PCLG shares. Their pledges, their donations create the framework, but their hearts, hands, and faith re re uh, reflect and acknowledge where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. I am well supported, very grateful, and already living the dream. I have prayerful, prayerful faith that it will continue. What I need, money can't buy. Hear this now. That's continuing supply of singers for the choir. Now, some of you can sing, and you're enjoying it down here. Come and help the choir. Dear friends, we can't stop now. We can't maintain where we are and be satisfied where we are. The mandate is yet ahead of us to be reached. To my friend who doesn't want to attend church because they talk about money, I respond, I will talk about money as long as I can until we reach the Great Commission and have that solved. The Bible's full of examples of asking for money. George Washington Carver said, where there is no vision, there is no hope. So, what is your vision for PCLG? I challenge you to join us in our task of fulfilling the mandate given by Jesus to all of his followers. We have our mandate. We have our internal power source of the Holy Spirit. Let's go. Let's make a difference in our world that God will make us a church with a worldview. Are you with me? Yes. Amen.